0: They still have prog rock, but they have packaged it in such a way that's like the spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) To use a reference
0: from your mother? (laughs) Fantastic. Or Mary Poppins, but whatever.
1: This is the epic new podcast, Two Idiots and a List, where you're going to get Two Idiots and a List. And now, coming to you live from Circle Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Fasolo and Keurig McMillan.
0: Well, Nick, do you know what's special about today's episode? Uh, no, hit me with it. It is our 30th band. Really? 3-0? Three, Three-zero. 0 No. Crazy. I didn't
1: think we'd make it past the first five. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> do you think we retained any portion of our Southern audience after the Dale Earnhardt bashing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to say that
1: I, I had my timing off on that, but that did happen. But as it was, Died died in like 98 or 97, 97 or 98. And then Dale Earnhardt died a couple of years later, but that did happen. He was there with the Earnhardt hat. And it was actually, it was, it was surreal. And still mourning the death of Lady Di. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what was so <laughs> weird about it. It's like, it was <laughs> been years. He's like, I haven't felt like this since we lost Lady Di. That was, that was his thing. I'm like, whoa, okay.
0: <laughs> one, uh, one small fact that I neglected to include in the Elton John episode Guess who inducted him into the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Axel Rose. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's an odd pairing. That's what I said. I, I meant to drop that in the episode, but I guess the Dale Earnhardt thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick comment around future shows. It can't be much of a surprise that Elton John didn't send us a handwritten note giving us the green light to use his music. <laughs> We did receive notification from our service provider that third-party content was detected in the show, and we don't know what the outcome of that yet will be. Hopefully, they resolve this in a manner where we don't have to really change anything since we're not using the song in its entirety, at least without us talking over it. Right. Isn't fair use like 30 seconds? Something like that. But I guess if they don't like what they're saying about the artist, then the artist has the right to pull it. (laughs) Yeah. Which... It's a good thing Tom Petty's not around anymore. You know,
1: they're putting, they're putting the AI drones to good use over there. That's right. <laughs> so, someone's got to earn a paycheck somehow. Speaking of drones and the overlords of technology,
0: do you want to introduce today's band? The band originally called Rocket Baby Dolls? Yes. Today we're talking about Muse. Oh, yeah. your first introduction to these guys
1: okay that's a really good question because they've been around for a long time long time like they i want to say they formed in like 93 when they were like 14 years old or something like that it varies but like they've been around for a long time Mm
0: -hmm. first album was 1999 Mm -hmm. showbiz by the way pablo honey came out in 1993 i'm standing by my statement that radio had influenced these guys okay we can have
1: that discussion a little later (laughs) down the road but yeah, so my introduction to them, I think I caught a part of their live Bonnaroo set on one of the cable channels, and they this dude had the entire crowd like going
0: crazy for this song, Uprising. That is so interesting that you said that because my introduction to these guys was from Palladia yeah. the Music Channel, yeah, and they were airing a show from Rome, and the crowd was just absolutely devouring everything he did incredible and when he did Uprising 30,000 people whatever bouncing up and down in unison and I was like what the hell is this it's, it's nuts and it's just a three piece
1: and everybody's eyes were on Bellamy and this it, it was just going crazy and then I was like listening to like his actual guitar playing I was like let's see if this guy's got a little bit more to it than, than just you know good stage presence and the guy's a brilliant guitarist too right and then put him in front of a piano yeah oh yeah no he's he's uh i don't know if he's traditionally classically trained but that's where his roots are he is a classical musician and to what what he had said about himself he's like i wasn't good enough to play jazz or classical music so i went the rock way yeah but that's that's the first play. the first time i ever saw him was a concert footage of them playing uprising and i'm like whoa yeah and then the song is fucking awesome unbelievable it's a it's, it's like you want anthems This band does not create background music.
0: No, no. Anthemic is probably a great description of them. And as I looked at them, I said, who are these guys? And it's Queen meets Rush meets Ministry with a, a sprinkle of Kiss. Yeah. I got a super heavy Elton John vibe on one song. And then on a different song, I got a really strong Eurythmics vibe. Yeah. It's really hard to put a label on that. But everything is
1: really anthemic, you're right. And really, really, really well done, too. Now, like, the proggy stuff is the earlier work, like Showbiz and origins of the symmetry those are those first two albums and you know he had actually admitted he's like i didn't really know how to write a song so that's where you you know you get into this prog of like long instrumental vibes you know i can go on and play just noodle on the guitar for a while then wrap it back around to like you know a part of the chorus that i had written it's like i wasn't a good songwriter back then then he learns he's like well, it's only a three piece here we can't we're not rush we're not that talented that's what he said and he's like we can't pull that off it's like I better learn how to write songs that are four minutes long right and he did and like in their next couple albums 2003 six and nine you had you know absolution black holes and the resistance and like they're off and running they become a, the, one of the hugest stadium bands in the aughts and the even during yeah. the
0: later teens, you just saw them. I just saw them. I saw them oh, three weeks ago. I think it was fun show. I mean, I, and so that's the fourth time I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them twice with you or three times with you.
1: Yeah, we well, three we times. saw the Second Law in two thousand twelve when they came around, and then Drones. We were in separate seats, and then the Simulation Theory, which right. was just a mind blowing show. I've never unbelievable. Seen, I've never seen anything like anything
0: this. like it. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's uh, and. The the problem with a show that good is when you see him again, they've set the bar. Mm-hmm. Now, was this a bad tour? Absolutely not. Right. Bellamy's having a little more of a challenge on some of the high notes. It felt like he m- might have pulled back some. The stage show was still exciting, but it wasn't. What it was on that previous show, it that wasn't previous. a
1: sixty foot wide wingspan <laughs> monster drone That's kind of coming, coming out like of the back the- of the stage. Yeah, <laughs> that blew me away. Yeah, right? And I'm used to like seeing u two shows, like they go all out too. And like I was I'm like, that's right up there. Like those guys must have the same kind of you know, company that puts their shit together right. because it was it was astonishing. They're 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 worth every penny that you pay to see them. Absolutely. Yeah, because every song their set list is probably twenty songs deep and every song is like let's let's go it's like hair on fire and just you know fist in the air and it's really good stuff not a lot of
0: breathers there you you, you're running the whole time
1: yeah so you brought up radiohead and like these guys walk the same earth as as radiohead at the same time and yeah radiohead got their earlier start And was there influencing each other? Perhaps. But you could take it a different way. It's like there is a yin and a yang. Radiohead is an introverted band. Mm -hmm. Like that is the introversions of, you know, a sick mind. Let's (laughs) just keep it that way. (laughs) Sure. Right? Muse went the complete opposite way. It is an extroverted band. He is out there in front leading a revolution. Like he wants people to like empower people and to have them take charge of like you're getting fucked out
0: there. Mm -hmm. These are the guys that are fucking you and let's go. Right. Right. Yes. The Orwellian themes are out there. Yeah. You know, power to the people themes are out there. I've written down here. If
1: George Orwell had a band, it would be muse. Yeah. You know, that's their, their whole theme is like, you know, taking, you know, something has got to change. We're on the brink of a revolution. Something has to happen here. Right. And stop being fucking led around by the, you know, whoever information controllers or whatever the fuck he's talking about.
0: One last quick note on Radiohead, the guy that produced the Benz produced Muse's first two albums. Yeah.
1: Good lyrics, good musicians, you know, popular following. Right. And, you know, solid messages to their music. You know, they're yeah. there. They're, 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 you know, they're both in the same arena. Sure. But going back to the original, like so I, I knew that they existed from that, but I never really followed up on them. And then they played Saturday Night Live, October of 2012, in support of the second law. And they played this song called Madness, and I remembered it because the bassist has this electronic bass that's just, it's no strings, it's just like an iPad almost. It's got buttons on it. Yeah, and he just pushes the sound around, and I was like, oh, wow, this is a different thing going yeah. on. And then in that song, Matt Bellamy Belts out the last uh, parts of the lyrics, yeah. and I was sitting there with my son, who was at the point. I think he was. I don't know. He was. He was eight or eight or nine years old, and he just kind of stood up and he's like, "Play that again." And he kept on. I, he kept on wanting to see it. And then from that point forward, like the Rome tour started hit Palladia. And when I would come home, he would be, he'd have taped it and he was watching it every single day. He would watch it, do his homework in front of the TV, watching muse. And like, so from the beginnings, like I could see like in the beginnings of his life, he had found his band for whatever mm-hmm. reason. He just identified with, like, Matt Bellamy. He had started playing guitar at this time, and so he would be dancing around, like, with his guitar, like Matt Bellamy, hopping around, up and down. Like, I, like just, like, looking at him, like, seeing him identify with that band was really, really cool. And, like, he just, he has this love for this band now. Yeah, and he pulled my son into it, too. Yeah, I mean, he's the biggest fan, like, your son and my sons are the biggest fans of this band that I know of. Mm-hmm took him to see the drones tour when he was in eighth grade and it nearly melted his face off. It was incredible. It was so awesome to watch him just like there they were. It was like the first time I ever saw a Def Leopard, like in the flesh right there in front of me. And I almost wet myself <laughs> like, and this kid though just went crazy for it. It was awesome. It's great to see. And that's why like, and uh, I, I started to go deeper and deeper into it because you know, he was kind of saying like, have you heard this?
0: Did you hear this? This is off origins and the symmetry. I'm like, okay. All right. Show me. Tell me more about it. Right. Well, and what was interesting for me for this episode was I'd seen them four times. I haven't actively pursued a lot of their studio stuff because I've just known them live and Mm -hmm. that's just been my exposure to them. Right. It is kind of intense music. And heavy isn't necessarily the right word for it, but it is somewhat intense. You don't necessarily want to have a cup of tea and listen to (laughs) music. No, it's not that. (laughs) It's not. But it was actually great to hear the studio songs because I was like, "Oh, I know this song! I know this song! I know this song! I know this song!" song." Mm -hmm. And then I think about like the crowd reactions when I'm listening to the studio song. That's where I went in my head: was what was the crowd doing? What was I doing? What was my reaction to this part of the show? What was going on on stage? You know, there's this last tour. There's a shit ton of flame like they have flamethrowers <laughs> everywhere and it's it's pretty cool i don't know how those guys don't get torched doing know, that yeah i never liked the flames inside a stadium <laughs> yeah don't like <laughs> yeah, it t- yeah talk to uh great white <laughs> or
1: james headfield <laughs> yeah or james what
0: headfield fucking thing exploded in his face jesus <laughs> right. christ you, you mentioned the fact that that this is a trio and i don't think that this is something that should be sort of passed on this is a trio well it's three and a half but we can get to that later yeah three guys for the most part are putting out the majority of this sound and what they're doing trios are hard my second original band was a trio and everybody has to be on the ball and these guys are all on the ball and each instrument has equal importance because if you've got you know, a killer drummer and a killer guitarist, but your bassist is a dope. Yeah, it's not going to work. It, you you can't really run a good. You have to have so much talent in those other two to outwash the the loser. It just
1: doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. And Chris Stableton, their bassist, is a tremendous instrumentalist. Like, yeah, I mean, he knows that instrument. I he plays. Um, you know the he keeps the band on key at all times. And, and it's a lot like that comparison to Radiohead. Radiohead goes off key on purpose a lot, um, but this yeah. band just doesn't. And, and, but they play some very sophisticated chord progressions, very sophisticated classical, right. like Matt Bellamy writes them. And it's the bassist's job to keep them on key at all times during, during these songs. And he does a tremendous job doing it. And nice. he takes the lead in some of their songs, and that's some of their best work. It's uh, Chris
0: Wollstenholm. You said Chris Stapleton. I, I don't know just why I was thinking Chris Stapleton. Is that a country Chris musician? Stapleton is actually I really like Chris Stapleton and I'm not a country guy, but he's good. Okay. Chris Walstonhome is the uh is the baseball. Player. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Eight kids with two women by the way. That dude? Yeah. <laughs> and the Rock second star. the second woman has two of her own, so he's technically responsible for 10 children. Oof. Ah. <laughs> Jesus. That's a lot of work. That's a lot. You know, talking about these band members, Bellamy's capabilities are really. And Wollstoneholm and, oh, what's the Dom something or other? Yeah. Yeah, Those two guys are fantastic. But when you look at the capabilities of Matt Bellamy, at five foot seven, this guy. This guy packs a punch. Yeah. He really has just unbelievable talents relative to his singing, his guitar, his piano, and his stage presence. He's got a falsetto that
1: would match Mercury. Oh, yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. Because it never breaks. No. I mean, I've seen him live several times. I've seen a lot of his live concerts You know, in Rome, in LA. They have a show, and he never breaks it. It's it's crazy. It's it's really good. And that
0: was one of my disappointments of this last tour is I'm wondering if age is catching with him. And maybe he was just having, and it wasn't an off night. He didn't sound bad. I just didn't hear him aggressively go for some of those notes that i'd heard them play in the past now chicago was the start of their u.s tour Mm -hmm. they had just come from mexico i believe so they had been playing already this was the start of the tour maybe he was you know keeping a little in reserve i don't know that that can't be easy to do you know Four or five nights a week, whatever no, the tour schedule is. And
1: uh, I took Vince to go see um, not only the Drones tour, but their their uh, no the yeah the Drones tour, but they also did a warm up gig and at the Aragon Ballroom. So they didn't have their big stage show. Which would it's, have been awesome. Was, like, their
0: stage show is fun. Yeah. But to catch them at the Aragon, which holds 5,000 people.
1: If that. That yeah. would be
0: really killer.
1: And they, uh, it was it was a stripped down, just like what you would yeah. figure they were, you know, back in 1996 or whatever, playing. And uh, they did a, a set of, like, three Smashing pumpkin songs. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. Like, really. It was really neat. These guys are really
0: awesome. They did a brief pumpkins cover at this show yeah and that was great like it was just the intro and i'm blanking on which song it was but i was like wait a minute that's the pumpkins yeah <laughs> and then they they cut it and then dropped right into another song like they just gave you a little taste yeah and that was it and they <laughs> Moved on. you know talking about bellamy's capabilities there was a couple of songs that caught me and hopefully i'm not going to clip either something from your list or from your coolest four seconds the last song on drones is called Drones. And it's a multi-tracked choral arrangement of Bellamy singing about drones. Uh, One of the lines is, now you can kill me from the safety of your home.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. It's a really, really beautiful song with haunting lyrics. (laughs) It's it's really something. He also had a, a piano breakdown in the song Butterflies and Hurricanes. was like
1: this this is like a concert pianist oh yeah yeah he's he's super talented
0: they all are it really really impressed me his dad was in a band called the tornadoes and they were the first uk band to have a number one hit in the united states in 1962 really yeah it's kind of a weird wow. instrumental i i'll think about dropping something in. i listened to it and it was like eh, there's not much it's just instrumental it's a funny story yeah, that uh I, so this was a time period where I
1: was taking Vince to a couple of shows and just getting like getting him into the the music, the live music scene. He's eighth grade, ninth grade. So about eighth grade, we took him to I took him to go see the Cold War Kids uh-huh. at the Vic. Yeah, and we were upstairs in the seats, so we were sure. I, I kept him away from like the, the stuff the, and like the general population. Yeah, I, and he <laughs> he turns to me after the lights went down and the Cold War Kids came onto the stage. Lights go down, and it immediately starts to, to reek of, of weed. Sure. Right? And, and he earnestly tugs on my shoulder, and he's like, dude, I think there's a skunk up here. <laughs> I, just got, I'm like, I had to laugh up my sleeve. I'm like, that's not skunk, dude. And he's like, well, what the fuck is it? Because he's got a filthy mouth. And I'm like, people are smoking weed. And he looks back at me in shock, and he's like, you took me to a place where they were smoking weed inside. <laughs> and I'm like, just don't tell your mother. And so we get home, and of course- the kid The uh, kid, I was starting to worry about, like, shit, is this kid going to get a contact eye Right? Here? And so we burst through the door, and he's like, mom, dad took me to a place where they're smoking weed. <laughs> and she looks at me, and I'm like- That's nice. It's a concert. What are you- gonna? And he's like, I can't believe it. He was, he was stunned. Oh, that's funny. <laughs>
0: This falls under the category of internet detritus for sure because I couldn't confirm it on Guinness's website but there was at least half a dozen web pages saying that Bellamy holds the record for smashing the most guitars on a single tour <laughs> I saw that at 140 <laughs> <laughs> I saw that <laughs> That's a fucked up thing. That's
1: a lot. He's he's got his own guitar maker. He he gets his guitars made from Mason, and he's got a kill switch on it that gives you some of those effects. And you can... You can get one. They're actually fairly cheap. I've priced them out. They're like five, six hundred dollars for the MB one, which is the Matt Bellamy guitar. Boy, for a signature guitar, that's not very. It's expensive. pretty good. Now, honestly, obviously, it's not his quality. Sure. It's the knockoff, but it's got the kill switch engage on it, and it's a it's a flat black. It's a really slick looking fucking guitar. That's sweet. Um, and he also has one with the touchpad on the back end. Of the uh, where the I don't know what you call it, the strings are attached on the back, <laughs> but it has um, a touchpad where you can fuck around with the uh, with the pitch of the harmonics. Gotcha. Which is, which is a little bit more expensive, but that that guitar in, in particular is really awesome. I learned something here.
0: Uh, then develop- you he break a hundred and forty of them. Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, he sings, often sings in what they call a melismatic style. Okay, you get to learn a little something today the melismatic style is a style where you move around to different notes without changing words or syllables apparently the normal style of syllabic singing is where you, notes change as the words changed so there you go folks you learned something from idiots mm. i don't know what but that's that worth i can't say that i'm better for knowing that no.
1: <laughs> but i know that i'll have trouble sleeping tonight
0: all right let's start to peel this grapefruit I think you started last time. Hey, man, I got with you. You've you've got the mock-up board. (laughs) So I will kick it off with the honorable mention. I am going back to the 2018 album Simulation Theory, and the song is Pressure. When we saw this tour, they had a bunch of guys in masks coming out with trombones. You remember that? They, like they sixty
2: came, of them. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and they all had like a digital message scrolling yeah. across the slide of the trombone. Yeah. That's a lot of tromboners.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I just thought that was a really cool way to, to you know, put that song out and, and perform it live. Really cool tune. Yeah. I, I love it when they whisper the pressure building and the backing vocals. The breakdown. The breakdown's good. The video is a mix of Back to the Future and Gremlins. Yeah. With a touch of Ghostbusters
1: thrown in. Well, that was the whole vibe of that album was a throwback to the 80s, like, analog version of music. And uh, um, this song in particular didn't get traction after they released it until USC's Trojan Band did a viral oh, video right. of it. Yeah, That's and right. Their whole band did it. It was fucking it's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. Again, the Trojan band coming in. They did Tusk with the
0: with mask. Guys get to play. That's, that was a song choice of yours that surprised me when I heard it. I'd never heard it before.
1: <laughs> What's your honorable mention? All right, off the same album, uh, Simulation Theory. I really like that album. Good album. It's really great. And then that's kind of thing with Muse for me, it's going upwards. It's almost like the antithesis of Pearl Jam. They're very, you know, Pearl Jam's first album, every single song is a banger on it. And then from then on, it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's getting less and less yep, and less. Yep. For me, this is the reverse. The, the first couple of albums, like, yeah, one or two. And then as you progress further and from like the second law and drones and simulation, it just got better and better. And yes. Better. And when like Mutt Lang produced drones, I'm like, oh, this is my home. It's going to be it's good. Sweet spot. And it was. But off of the simulation, theory i always like something human
2: now life can
1: You know, a song about, uh, you know, being on the road and being away from your family and, you know, just getting back to where, you know, you feel like you're most at home, which is home, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> I really love this song. It's a good yeah, tune. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's, a, it's an easy vibe. From a band that doesn't have a ton of songs with <laughs> oh, an easy no, vibe. No, it's a, it is a lot of, it's more, it's, it's about as positive as they're going to get. Right. You know, the song is obviously born out of lonesomeness and longing for home, but, you know, they, they make uh, a lot of lemonade
0: out of that. All right, my number five is off of 2004's Absolution, and it is Time is Running Out. I want- song is so freaking good. It really is. I, I,
1: I love the slide chord uh, guitar as it's coming into the chorus. It's so cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The high-pitched keys that come in right before that pre-chorus is mm-hmm. good. Then the drums in that pre-chorus really start, like, building it up. He gets a lot of use out of those tombs. Oh, board. yeah. He really works it. <laughs> and his kid isn't like some crazy overstocked kid. He's no. not sitting back there like Neil Peart with a thousand <laughs> different things he can hit. <laughs> It's a fairly—it's not a cafe kit, but it's a fairly basic kit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he—he he plays the shit out of it. Yeah, Bellamy's vocals in this, kicking, yeah. really good. The opening bass is really cool. I wasn't sure if it was this song or the one that you had mentioned, uh, Absolution, right? No, what was the song that you saw on Palladia? Oh, uh, Uprising. Uprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was this song or if it was Uprising that I had seen where the crowd was bouncing up and down. Could very well have been either of them, because I'm sure the crowd was bouncing in both of them. Yeah, this is an anthem, too. What the hell happened to Palladia, by the way? I used to spend hours watching Palladia. I I don't know. I think it got bought up. I think either VH1 or MTV bought them, and then they took all the live concerts off. Morons. (laughs) All right, (laughs) what's your number five? Uh, We're going to stay on the same
1: album, Absolution, and we're going to go for uh, Hysteria. This is
0: my number three. Go for it.
1: It is a fucking awesome song to see live yes like and whether you catch it on youtube or wherever if you are lucky enough to see them you know bellamy just kind of like walks out to the the, the point of the stage and then like you think he's going to start another song and the whole crowd goes fucking crazy and then he just points backwards to the stage and the spotlight goes over chris and he starts with that crazy ass bass The, the bass is unreal it's so fucking awesome yeah it's just a great song, and again, like one of those th- things that just like gets you going, and it's such a cool sounding song. I've heard the bassist talk about it in an interview, and he's like, "I fucking hate that song." He's like, "It hurts to play," <laughs> it's all over the board, right? It's like, and they took it out of the set list for a while because he's like,
0: "I can't stand playing this song every night," right? This is—I have this note written on so many of these songs, but I'm going to say it anyhow. So fun to see live, yeah, yeah, so fun to see live. Yeah, we're good. I think we're going to beat that, that right a
1: little bit, but yeah, there. This is a, a a band that deserves to be seen live because, like, they're and they're just as good off their studio albums as they are, you know,
0: in person. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Yeah, I want it now. Give me your heart and your soul. Is it a love song? Nope. It's about a stalker losing his <laughs> mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. There's an awesome instrumental breakdown before the guitar solo. Which is a cool solo. It has like a a handful of different notes to start. Like it's not super busy, but the way he plays it sounds... Like it's really tough to play, and it probably is. Even though it's just a, a series of, of, like I don't know, a handful of notes. It's not like mm-hmm. he's all over the place. And then as the solo progresses, he gets a little more busy with it. But yeah. his solos are great. I, I can't help but kind of like headbang when I hear this song.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 centered around your favorite instrument, and, and he does a great job with yes. it. Yes. Um, but yeah, the solos are like that he puts together are all octave solos, and it's just like man, it's. They seem simple because they're hitting like the same notes in different octaves, but it's like it's hard to get your fingers back, sure, back and forth. It's, but it's just a testament to how good of a guitarist he really is. And yeah, he's, and he's hitting those notes live in concert. Like he's not fucking that solo up. Like it's pretty awesome. Right, right. And, and he made the comments, and he wasn't shitting on anybody. He was just saying like we we came out of like we were born out of the grunge era, but the grunge era was like a lot of power chords. You know, and you can't really fuck those things up. A lot of power chords, and they they were writing great songs with those power chords. But it's like I was trained in a different way to look at you know chord progressions in a different way, which is why their music is is just off a little bit. Uh, well, it's a, it's a it's great up a level. It's 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 up a level. Yeah, I would say that. You know, I'm not. And, and again, he wasn't doing, and I'm not doing like shitting on like Allison Chains or Pearl Jam or anything like that. But they were just doing you know. Breaking apart a simple chord and like you play one half, I'll play the other half, and it'll sound good. And they did. Yeah. um And he's like, he just upped at a level, and it's just him, mm-hmm. which is cre- pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, my number four. It's off of the second law. You've already mentioned it, and it's madness. Yeah. This is my number two. Well, let's table it then for your number okay, two. Okay, well, we can do that. But we're going to my number. Th- your number three. three. No. Okay. This
1: is off of black holes and revelations, and it is starlight. I'll never
2: let you go If you promise not to Fade away Never fade away Our hopes and expectations
1: We've got a great 80s vibe to this song The bass and the keys start off, and then the lyrics come in. Uh, They're really on point. Then the high octave guitar comes in to kind of like complement the rest of the song. And every time the chorus kind of, like, runs through, like, they, they run the verse in the chorus, and the next time the verse comes around, he adds a little something different to his guitar. It's the same kind of structure, but he adds a little different, you know, a couple more notes. And then the third time around, he even makes it even more complex. And he does this a lot in his songs, and that's I really enjoy that, because the first time around, it's just like him hitting two notes, bouncing right. back and forth. And then, then the second time around, it's like the same two notes, but it's, it's, it's complemented by even more. And he just builds, you know, into a, a better, you know, like a version of the what was just came before the chorus is a straight up heavy metal chorus and it just crashes into that you don't expect that from a song that starts off the way that this does and then it just crashes into this like
0: heavy metal chorus. it's great i love this song i like the chorus and the pre-choruses in this i had kind of an interesting relationship with this song it reminded me <laughs> you're not gonna like this it reminded me a little of our hollow notes episode where we had songs that could be on on a keeper list and songs also uh, the same song on right, like a right. most hated list uh-huh. There's something about the intro and the snare rhythm that kind of rubs me in the wrong direction, but then they get into the pre-chorus and the chorus, and the backing of vocals they add a ton.
2: Yeah.
0: It has a real Killers vibe. I, for some reason, when I listen to this, I heard the Killers, which is not a bad thing for me. I right. love the Killers. Yeah. So it's it's a weird song for me that that puts it as a contender for for being on both lists. And the like when they play it live. When it's done, I'm not sad that the song is done. It's not like I hate it. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. But there's aspects of the song I really like, and there's aspects of it that, for some reason, feel odd to me. You mentioned the killers and the keys to me, like shoot me straight back to like
1: like something I would hear on the psychedelic furs. That's why, like, for me, it's got like a very '80s vibe to it, and I like that. I like you know that kind of music, like that genre or wherever he was pulling that from. I, I appreciate it. Yeah
0: all right so that brings us to you snipe my number three so that brings us to your number three so we're gonna go i'm
1: gonna go back to simulation theory the song is called get up and fight This is a song he wrote about his uncle who was battling cancer. I took it to mean something different. I did not know that um, going into like liking this song, so I kind of like attach my own meaning to it. But it's very it's 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 very techno to begin with, and then it just the chorus crashes into like a pop metal like really again an anthemic like this dude just brings it out of you like he connects with you know you through your headphones or whatever your car stereo, and it's just. It's it's awesome. It it starts and then in the middle of it there's this very slow interlude where he like you know kind of repeats the chorus line over and over again and then it just kind of like churns up with this giant piano crescendo and then he just pops into this last one, his falsetto comes into the to the end one. I really love the song, it's really great. His ability to
0: take music from what's a very low or demure or subtle level and turn it into something that suddenly has you kind of like popcorn popping yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah he's a crescendo machine oh yeah <laughs> you know, yeah just, just i don't just know bubbly. if i'd call him a hook machine although he's got some good hooks yeah. in these songs but you're right he's a crescendo machine everything builds and it yeah. builds into this like gloriousness that's kind of amazing and yeah it's pretty sneaky it is it's and then sneaky. suddenly he's got that falsetto crushing out over the top you're like oh where did that come <laughs> yeah, from right yeah exactly down from his bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make another beanbag reference. I've already <laughs> used that joke. All right, that brings us to our fantasy concert lineup. Fantastic. So I took a look back at who these guys toured with in the past because I just was curious. Who do you match up with?
1: You mean Muse? as an opening act
0: before yeah. they were. Yeah, like yeah. an opening act because I was just curious to see who toured with these guys. Bush. And they. I didn't see Bush. Yeah, they, they opened Did for they? Bush
1: yeah, in Germany. Well,
0: yeah. oh, they
1: opened for Bush? Yes. This no, is early, God. early. When, when Bush was like king of the pop mountain. I fucking hate Bush. Gavin Rossdale was out there shirtless, <laughs> dancing around like he had something to prove. What a douche.
0: <laughs> so I pulled a handful of bands off this list that all of whom are on my playlist, and I'm not going to use any of them, but I just thought they were good. Silver Sun pickups. We mentioned them during our Smashing Pumpkins episode Metric great Canadian band Band of Skulls Cage the Elephant I've seen them twice they're really good live On this last tour they toured with Evanescence Don't
2: cry in me. If you're
0: That woman has a set of pipes that will melt your face off your head. It is really something. She was fun to hear. They're a little one note, like you every song kind of had the same sort of feel to it, but she was good. All that said, that's not who I'm going to pick. (laughs) I'm going to pick who I've already mentioned, and that's the killers. a great album. That was their debut. Yeah, I think this is a pretty good band. Now, I've seen Brandon Flowers live. He did a solo tour 10-ish years ago, and the guy couldn't quite find the note that he was singing, so I'm a little leery. That's problematic. Yeah, I'm a little leery if that's going to be any good live, but I'd still like to see The Killers. Okay. And then, because I like the idea of a high-quality very involved stage show. This is going to sound a little weird, but I want to see pink.
1: Actually, seen her
0: live. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> my wife is a big fan. You were a stand-in for my wife, I believe. Yeah, she, she was out of town. Son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have to say, though, excellent stage show. I saw her stuff on Palladium. I was like. This woman doesn't leave anything Dude. behind, and she's like
1: on a fucking suspender flying oh, yeah. around the fucking audience and shit like that, dipping and her in water tanks. Like yeah. the imagery looked so cool to see. And I have to say, like I, I knew and you know liked slash didn't mind a dozen songs. Yeah,
0: from her. I think she's a decent musician. Yeah, now I, I like her couldn't tell you all that much about her catalog i just simply don't know her that well we don't run in the same circles I,
1: yeah I I'm think, politely, I'll, I'll
0: play with, leave it like this i'm happy to say, say that i had seen her
1: but you know yeah, yeah you, I don't, her. you don't need to see her
2: again, I see her again.
0: <laughs> but i just i i think with with the the show that muse puts on mm-hmm. you could pair it with something like the show she puts on yeah and go yeah i just yeah i just had gonna, a hell of a night you're gonna need a lot of pedialyte that's right
1: that's right <laughs> replenish those fluids
0: <laughs> all right who is in your
1: lineup so first i'm going to stay on the island i've always loved this band uh they've got a similar type of vibe a lot of darkness in the lyrics a lot of you know overtones it's a scottish band uh, fronted by
0: delimitri a, a woman <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is not Delamitri. <laughs> Although, if Delamitri wants to come out and do the Bitch Kiss Bastard.
0: this thing goodbye.
1: <laughs> uh, if they want to sing Bitch Bastard, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a uh, the band called Churches. And it's uh, she's wonderful. I love her voice. She's got a killer voice. Yeah, and they did a uh, their last album. They did um, a song with who's the guy from The Cure, Robbie Robert Smith. Robert Smith, great song, and he he really fits well in that song with them. That's a really cool place to be. <laughs> and then I'm not a metalhead. I'm not. We know this. We discussed we this. We've
0: dissected that.
1: But I was listening to a very recent interview with Matt Bell and me about this newer album that they, they, uh, they're touring on right now. And it's very heavy. Will of the People? And, yes, The Will of the People. And it's very heavy. And he, and he mentioned, he's like, these, have these metal guitarists, these metal bands, these guys are fucking awesome. They're great musicians and nobody really like, gives them the time of day. Sure. No respect. Right, right, and he's like, "You, you should give them another listen." And like one of my favorite, you know, all time all star bands is Slipknot. I've known Slipknot for a long, long time. I don't think I could tell you one of their songs. But then... I can't either. I mean, I, I'm sure I would recognize their big one. Maybe not maybe, may not. maybe not. Maybe I, not. I dipped into their catalog for a good two weeks. Slipknot's on the bill. All right. I, and I encourage you and anybody else who's listening, give that a little tussle. <laughs> that's, that's some angry fucking music. And those guys are good. It's not scream metal... It's not any of that. Those guys are good. And that, that, I think it's Corey. Mm, I, I'm going to miss the name. But I think the, the front man, I think, is Corey. I think that's his name. I don't know. That could all be wrong. Sure. <laughs> now that I think of it, I think Corey's the one that committed suicide. Oh. So we'll do our research on the back end on that one. <laughs> so I don't want to offend anybody. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so... The frontman is really awesome on, on a lot of their tracks. Whatever his name may be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give Slipknot a, a s- spot on the bill. I really? want to see those guys because they I know they costume up and everything like that. I'm down for it. Like guar? Not like guar, <laughs> but like fucked up shit. <laughs> I love it. I'm doing it. Okay.
0: Slipknot. I'm down with that. You know, I I could go for a good heavy show (laughs) once in a while. I don't know how I ended up doing this, but I got down the rabbit hole of Chevelle. So fact i think it was i had sent you you drive a chevelle now <laughs> i wish
1: you know i was walking up and the i C8? saw the tesla and you're, and you're driving I'm like who the fuck drives a tesla i forgot that you bought one <laughs> did you did you happen to know this tesla's first four models the model s the model e the model x
0: the model y oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
0: know we buy the fucking car, and then Elon Musk, you know, buys Twitter and self-destructs. Jesus That's just, you know, mind. I don't, that doesn't help my opinion of this fucking automobile, which I love. It's a great car. Holy shit. Anyway, I got like down that. a rabbit hole of Chevelle. Because I had sent you a concert lineup that was coming to, I think, Vegas or something. And the Sisters of Mercy were on the, on the, on the bill. Uh-huh. And I said, look who's right next to Chevelle. Because I didn't want to point out Sisters of Mercy. I wanted you to find it. And then I'm like, I see Chevelle at so many of these shows that are heavier. I'm going to dip my toe into them. They weren't bad. They weren't bad. It's <laughs> sort of like higher-end metal. Like it's refined metal. Well, I'd, I'll say this about Slipknot. I didn't know what to
1: expect, and then I started like in their catalog. I just go through Apple Music and like the, you know their first twenty songs that they they rec- that they put up on the in the playlist. And there wasn't a one that I turned off. and, am like, this is shit. I'm like, wow, that's fucking heavy shit. And I'm like, you if you're in a mood for like, this is up a notch from Metallica, and like this is where like Metallica used to be back in the Kill 'em sure. All. And these guys are going for it. It's great. It I really like it. Now I, I I don't know. I'm a 50-year-old man. It's good music to work out to. <laughs> you know, it's play like hockey a, to it. It's good, yeah, exactly. It's, it's good music to like tear down your garage
0: with. <laughs> don't tear down my garage. <laughs> All right, that brings us to our number twos. Hmm? My number two is Uprising.
1: I don't care what age you are. This will make you want to march.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's phenomenal. Great lyrics, too. Oh, it's phenomenal. Again, so fun to see live with the crowd chanting, Oi! Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Bellamy said, It's meant to be football hooligans chanting in protest at the banking situation. Now, that was, looked like it might have been taken slightly out of context. Like, I think he was sort of saying it as a joke, but at the same time, you know, maybe there was some truth to it.
1: It's time the fat cats had a heart attack.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and the album is called Resistance. And Bellamy said he was just sick, quote, just sick of all these bloody bankers, politicians, just turning everything to a load of bollocks, just spending money on shit and blowing everything. This is after 2008, and the yeah. collapse of the global economy. The song parrots the theme, right? Yeah. They will not force us. They will stop degrading us. They will not control us. We will be victorious. I love it. It's great. I fucking love it. You talk about anthemic. It is anthemic. Mm-hmm.
1: No, you turn. So I teach high school kids, and I always turn my, like especially my seniors, onto this song. And it blows their mind. Because this is 2009. <laughs> Nothing ever happened before 2020 for these kids. Nothing. Right, like you try to teach them nothing, nothing culturally, exist. nothing culturally relevant is ever you know beyond you know what I can see. So you, this is this is ancient history to them, and always, always these kids are like, that's a fucking great song, I love it because it's it's got that that charge of an eighteen year old sure. like, fuck
0: it all. You guys don't understand us, yeah, and it's it's a
1: great song for that. Great I love song. this
0: song. This is their most played on Spotify at oh sure five hundred million. Wow. That's a good playlist. What do they sell, like 30 million albums total in their career? I didn't look into that. I mean, I the commercial
1: know. success of this band is not what... It's not... They're not upper reaches. No. They're live success is.
0: Yeah. They are, you
1: know, the, the, one of the bigger selling lives. But but they don't sell a whole lot of albums. And I guess album sales these days are really hard to come by anyhow, so...
0: Well, and even on streams, a number of bands have hit that 500 million number. Yeah. And quite a few have hit the billion number. That's up there. It's up there. That's, that's it's a, pretty uh, good. It's, it's respectable. Yeah, it's respectable. All right, what's your number two? Uh, I think. Well, I had your madness. Number, your number two is hysteria, isn't it?
1: No, no. Your My number, number two is mad madness, madness. Um, and we tabled that for the discussion that we're going to about to have now. This was the song that I saw on SNL, and when he hit that high note, and he just went for it. When you know he, he screamed about, like it's all, it's all love. That, that to me, I was like, this, get, this dude is some other kind of talent. And that's, that's when I started to d- dive down into him. Now I've seen Madness played like again the live versions on TV that you can see on YouTube and everything like that. He's he's got there's, there's one version out there where he has the the camera uh, in his face, so he grabs onto the camera on the big boom arm, uh-huh. and then he's singing into the camera. But in the stadium, if you're there, you see the big monitors, screens and it's yeah. just his face, you know. But it's with the glasses that have the, the messages. Yeah, the them. Yeah. So yeah. cool, it's it's such really a cool. Neat. Like he's really good at those those kind of like stage optics. And then, you know, then when he, he gets done with the last lyric of the one set before he has to go into his guitar, he takes the, the camera and he just swings it out over the crowd. It's such a cool yeah. fucking effect. Like, that. this guy is a bona fide fucking rock god. Oh, right? yeah. He's so awesome. to Like, the way to watch him just, like, command stage
0: presidents like that, so great. A rock god who doesn't look like a rock god. No. He looks like no. an everyday person. Yeah, yeah. He wrote this song after a fight with Kate Hudson. He was dating Kate Hudson. Okay. And they got into a fight. I suppose that would make you feel like this. Like this song, right? The soaring vocals at the end are him singing, I Need Your Love. Yeah. And he's just upset about this fight that he got into with her. I think they've got a kid together, but I don't think they're together anymore. No, he's recently married. I think you're right. Um, And had another kid. And Bellamy says, it's probably my favorite song that I've ever written. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, the,
1: the part I really love is when. Well, I guess we'll do it for four seconds. but we can do it now. Fuck it. When he, so Dominic is playing synth drums the whole time, and it's that kind of synth boom, synth boom. Yeah. And then when he is rising into that falsetto, he transitions from the synth to a regular kit. Yeah. I think that's just the coolest fucking thing. Yeah. It's really cool. It's booming out, man. It's really awesome.
0: Yeah, and you've got that technology that Wolstenholm is using on the bass. Yes. So that is from a company called Misa, M-I-S-A, Misa, Misa, and Misa calls it a Katara digital synth controller. Okay. And as you said, the Katara has no strings. It's got six buttons on each fret, and each button represents... The note that should be on that fret although apparently you, you can reprogram it and put whatever you want on there but it's just that i the first time i saw that like everybody else was like what the fuck is that yeah it's cool shit <laughs> it's really cool right and the fact that it's backlit so you know when it when he strums his his thumb down mm-hmm. it it kind of leaves a, a, a trailer a blue smear yeah. like a trailer like a comet madness has i think my favorite guitar solo from bellamy it's so cool It's short, it's super tight, Shreds. and it packs a punch. Yeah. It's yeah. just, and when we just heard it live, I turned to my son as they were going into that solo. I go, This is my favorite guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> and he yelled back, Mine too! Which was, which was pretty cool. All right, that brings us to the number ones. Okay, for my number one, I'm going to the 2015 Drones album, and the song is Psycho. driving 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 you know and then the single guitar lick comes out that when he sings a fucking psycho like the, yeah. the lyrics to this song are just great the drops in the song that sound like they came from full metal jacket i could kind of do without those they're a little overdone but other than that yeah you know that's not my favorite part of the song by far but the vocals when he's singing your ass belongs to me now yeah fucking awesome and so much fun to hear live yeah yeah yeah. they just played this on this last tour it's cool as well it's a great song the lyrics reference drones and while you know my head and i'm sure yours and probably everyone listening probably goes to a military reference given the behavior of the united states over the last couple of decades Uh, bellamy says it's more around human behavior and our indoctrination indoctrination into the system he does sing about actual drone strikes and the other some in other Reapers, songs on yeah. the album. But mm-hmm. I love this tune. I yeah. just think this tune is a ton of fun. It's a super cool song. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's about building, you know, that kind of mentality, whether it is implicitly or explicitly in the military. You know, this is the kind of culture that, that it is a comment on the culture that indoctrinates people into, like, you know, we're just going to strip you of humanity so that you'll go do violence. Yeah, it's his commentary,
0: sure, <laughs> sure. you know,
1: but it is a great song.
0: Are those kids out there? There are children outside. There are children outside. Mm-hmm. We're trying to record a fucking podcast in here. Get back inside the house, get on TikTok, go, go play and video around. games. What's wrong with these kids? Outside All that stinking fresh air. What's wrong with you? All right, now that we've offended the neighbors, what is your number 1? So my number
1: one is off of the Drones album. We paired each other very well today. So it's like a fine uh, dinner with a, a pairing of wines. This is actually the, the after effects of the Psycho song that, that you just named as your number one. Bellamy had said about this song, he's like, this is what happens when, when people are put through that psycho treatment in that song. And the song's name is Mercy. says the song is about being overcome by the dark forces inside i mean again like he tangles with some really deep shit really dark stuff and he's bringing it out in his songs and he's connecting with people and it really
0: connects with me his psychiatrist must be busy uh, <laughs> well maybe he's his own psychiatrist it could be i don't know maybe that's his therapy is writing well, writing music
1: but it's a really heartfelt story you know song you know the the chorus is mercy show me mercy because this is not exactly, you know, this isn't what I set out to be. I'm, you know, more than just this, you know, as, as the story goes, not just more that's this killing machine, not this drone that is just set off by, a, you know, government action. Like, I'm a human being that has, you know, conflicts or conflicting feelings about, you know, these things that, you know, that, that happen in global conflict. But I really love this song. It's got a cool, the, the drum fills that Dom puts in there in between each chorus get progressively
0: more complex he's really good at that yeah he's really good at that and it's just he'll put down a layer of toms or or even just light snare or something and then suddenly you come around to that next chorus or verse and you're like there's another layer in there that wasn't there before. Yeah,
1: it's 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 a lot different than, like, your ACDCs or your Van Halen's, where it's right. just kind of like that same... Yeah, you know, everything's in your jive. face all at once. It's yeah, just and the rock and the roll and the right. rock and the roll. And he's, like, again, we're just, like, this building crescendos. Right. Like, each measure, not each measure, but each uh, verse-chorus cycle is more and more uh, music. Right. And it's really awesome. I love it. And the and the, the crescendo uh, um, at the, the, the third chorus of the third verse uh, is, again... Bellamy howling out, you know, this
0: theme of mercy. It's really cool. It's like Indian food. Every bite, you get a new flavor. <laughs> yes. Indian, yes, Ethiopian food is new, like that. Yeah, a little, a little something <laughs> new with each bite. It's <laughs> right. fantastic. I'm just going to add a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, look at this. Wonderful. Perfect bite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that brings us to the most hated. I had a really hard time with this. I didn't this. have... Anything on my list. I I was actually going to come in with nothing, and then I heard the the pop, pop, pop from Starlight, and I went... Guess it could, you know. I guess it could kind of fall under that, but it's—I don't actively dislike the song. I'm not sure I've got a good contender here. I might actually have to come to class empty-handed without without an entry. Well, that's normal in my business. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hated it is a strong word. Sure. Um, I'll just say this: I'm not down for prog rock, not a lot, and they are definitely prog rock in the beginning. And I guess the reason why I'm not down for a lot of Prague rock is from what he said. He's like, I wasn't a good songwriter, so we relied on our musicianship, and I noodled around on the guitar for five minutes and then, you know, kind of wrapped it up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not down here for that. I'm not here for you to do your thing. I'm here to get a four minute song, you know, and then move on with my day. Now, they, they deliver later on in their career, so I just say their Prague beginnings,
0: Bafangu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think what they do well with Prague and this is more of a modern version of them, not the original version of them, is they still have prog rock, but they have packaged it in such a way that's like the spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to use a reference from your mother? <laughs> Fantastic. Or Mary Poppins, but whatever. <laughs> so, you know, that that's how they package their music is they, they have so much going on that you may not realize it You're listening to Prague.
1: Well, no, I I get that. And that's kind of like what they have, you know, that's the way they've been moving from, you know, this pop metal, you know, in like drones and then into this heavier metal where like he definitely said explicitly, he's like, we wanted to move into the heavy metal space. He's like, because I was really taken with those bands and that's kind of where we're moving towards. So this latest album is like definitely a lot heavier. Sure. And he's like, it's just a lot truer to kind of like who we are as musicians. Now we're just moving into that direction. Now the next album, we could move in a different direction, but right now this is where we sit. So progression of music i'm all for that yep you know I'm, I'm all good with that but the prog rock bullshit you can't pull that fast one on me the yes in the early years the rush in the early years fuck
0: that noise <laughs> coolest four seconds i could have done an entire show of <laughs> yeah, coolest four really seconds was. For, for this band yeah. this was crazy i guess i'll start with the vocal freakout at the end of showbiz
1: that's kind of like the same thing as the chorus of drones on drones you can really see like oh that's Mutlang Lang. you that that's him because he he fucks around with uh the reports and uh, just underneath the chorus you hear kind of like this this almost like i don't know it's a computerized like repeater of the the lyrics and it's really a cool effect <laughs> You have to listen to it closely, but once you hear it, it's like, "Ooh, that's such a cool effect." It's really cool. I think you got confused there. That's Reapers. Reapers, yeah. yeah drones right.
0: is the is the coral one.
1: Yeah, because that the Reapers the chorus
0: is Drones. The intro to Yes Please. <laughs> Like the way that they do that, just a real heavy drive to the song.
1: Yeah, the falsetto in Supremacy. can't even fake it yeah like you either have it or you don't and man he brings it that's, that's right. and then it just crashes into that really heavy stuff
0: yeah cool cool stuff in knights of Sidonia, awesome tune by the way he comes out or they come out of the vocal breakdown where they're singing about fighting for their rights and they drop into this massively heavy sequence that is just such a headbanger. You see it live. That's exactly what the crowd is doing. Just. (laughs) It's great. The video for Panic Station is great.
1: They filmed it in Japan and he's got this like I think he stole the the coat from Scott Wyland. <laughs> it's this <laughs> big ostrich plume pink coat and he's just walking through the streets of Tokyo and it's like so crowded, but like you know the the, the song panic station is great. I, I love, love that it. tune. Yeah, it's uh it's great. So Vince gave me his top five because I did want to get his top five.
0: You know what? I was gonna ask my son for his and I just totally blanked on it. Shawnee, I'm sorry, I know you're gonna be listening to this. I will get you in here. Well I'll get them from you and we'll name them in the next episode.
1: Or you can slide it in post pro.
0: That's a pain in the ass. Whatever.
1: <laughs> wow. You hear that one? <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I offer. Yeah, he offers my services. <laughs> I, I offered your father's time. So Vince has supermassive black hole. <laughs>
0: Awesome tune. Yeah. Such a pounding rhythm section. Mm-hmm. Dead, inside. Yeah.
2: dead Inside.
1: Panic
0: Station and Supremacy. It. My last coolest four seconds, the ending of survival. It's a bizarre song that's totally awesome and Bellamy kills it at the end with this high note that's nothing short of opera. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. Yeah, that's I guess yeah, that's he's very operatic when he when he sings. All
0: right, neither of us had any of these on our list. I thought I would touch really quickly on this new album that they just put out. The intro to the song Will of the People. So Sounds a hell of a lot like Marilyn Manson's The Beautiful People. Yeah. The beautiful people, the beautiful people. The beautiful people, And I hadn't heard it before we got to the show and they started playing it. And I'm like, are they covering Marilyn Manson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There's another song on that album that I actually really like. And the song is called Compliance.
2: Just give your compliance.
0: more along the power to the people theme and it has this sort of like Night Rider sound in it if you remember the theme song from Night Rider the TV show yep. and in the middle of the concert at one point there's a red light that chases back and forth across the top of the stage like the red light in front of the car Kit, so. you mean Kit? Kit, yes thank you, Kit
1: <laughs> didn't mean to offend It's an important character in the show, let's get it right <laughs> It's an important character All right. Uh, I did have one last uh, really cool moment or cool parts of the song on uh, Simulation Theory, The Dig Down. techno really awesome song uh, again he does it again he holds this long note where he just belts one out and he holds it for like five measures it's crazy but while he's doing that like the music changes so much underneath his voice and that's what i think that's why it's so cool that he does all that when he holds those long notes but yet the music changes underneath him
2: yeah
0: sisters of mercy I
1: added a bunch of their stuff.
0: I added more songs to my playlist than any other band that we've done in large part, because I didn't have any songs on my playlist from Muse prior to doing this. Yeah. But I, so percentage wise, it was more than any other band. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I will absolutely see them live again. They bring it as well. My wife. So my wife and I, that was our Christmas present to the kids was we brought them to the muse show. And she hadn't seen them before. She knew who the band was. She knew some of their songs. And afterwards, she said, I'll absolutely see this band again. Sure, yeah. And that's the kind of show that Muse puts on. So listeners, if you haven't had a chance to see this band yet and you you like the music that they're putting out, check them out. It's worth the investment. Not a dollar wasted. No. Which brings me to the question of the Cars. Did they move music forward? I'd like to say that they moved live music forward but they weren't the tip of the spear on this right pink floyd in the 70s had the flying pig roger waters had the you know they were knocking down walls with airplanes U2 does their thing iron maiden had the animatronic eddie walking around
1: yes oh god (laughs) damn if i could only see that again i think they they're carrying on the tradition of stadium rock well i think
0: they're furthering it
2: i think they're you know they're
0: they're bringing it to another level because i have never seen anything like that last tour that we saw. <laughs> yeah.
1: I will say that they embed a lot of important messages into their songs that are easily digestible, very much like in the the theme
0: of or the in the in the way that like Rage Against the Machine did. MVP here. I think it's their ability to merge prog, pop, electronic, industrial, metal and arena rock sure. with metal. Yeah. and package it with showmanship. Like, it's not just three incredible musicians that are boring to look at. (laughs) It's it's not Genesis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you take, and you've seen them without all the doodads and and the extra fluff. Yeah. I fully believe you take that fluff away. You're still walking out of there like, that was a fucking great show.
2: Yeah,
1: rip your face off. Yeah. Yeah. I got Bellamy as the straightaway MVP. I mean, he's a songwriter. He's the front man. He's really the guy out front. And yeah. he's, he's got that incredible voice. Yep. You take him out of the picture. Oh, you throw in the piano know. skills, the yeah. guitar skills, and the songwriting. Yeah. And if he's sick that day, right. that dude from the well who plays as the fourth <laughs> doesn't come out and do what he can do.
0: There's been four of him. But but I was able to find <laughs> right? four of them. Didn't recognize anything about any of the four of them. Good gig so, to have. Muse has a fourth guy that they just sort of keep in the closet. <laughs> Rankings. Skill. Hard five. Yeah, I got them as a five. Image, I gave them a five.
1: I really like their, I think they're cool as fuck.
0: These are three normal looking guys who own the stage. Mm -hmm. They look totally comfortable. Catalog, I hit them with a three nine. Some of their early stuff was a little one note. I I got their catalog at a three. It's above
1: average, but the, the early stuff weighs it down.
0: Okay, well, that wraps up another episode. The 30th. Edition. Thank you all for edition. sticking
1: around with us and listening to this drivel.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we come back. <laughs> if we disappear off the face of the earth, we'll just leave, you know, uh, uprising in our space. That's right. <laughs> well, stay tuned. Uh, I've got a lot of business travel coming up, so hopefully these things come out on time. We'll, we'll do our best. But keep listening. Hey, join our Facebook group, Instagram group. Uh, you can get all kinds of stupid pictures of us that we're putting up there. Oh man, don't don't put that one up there. <laughs> you were young; you needed the money. was <laughs>
2: Thanks
0: again.